We are now recording. Good to go. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 10 o'clock last night, I found out I was preaching on the parents of Mary, about whom we know nothing. But there are legends. The primary source is something called the Protevangelium of James, which is not a canonical book, but everybody knew it and everybody used it. Now, according to him, Anna, by the way, Anna, Anne, and Hannah are the same name. So whenever you see Hannah or Anne or Anna, be alert that they're probably references back to the Old Testament. Anna was childless, and one day her husband Joaquin went to the temple, and remember, he was of the, the, the Davidic line, she was of the Levite line, they were not exactly peasants from the backwater. And the priest who was presiding that, there were whole bunches of priests, they, they had a rota, who was presiding that day, pushed him back and wouldn't take his uh, sacrifice because we cannot have childless hands touching the sacrifice. See, it happens to guys too. He went home, rounded up his herd and went up the mountains to pout. Uh, he was hurt. He was deeply hurt. Uh, I mean, they had done what they could to have babies. They prayed and she didn't get pregnant. She was home crying, she was hurt. The angel Gabriel, who does get around, appeared to her separately and to him and said, get together, join in, in conjugal marriage and you will have a child. And they did, and they had Mary. According to the Greek Orthodox, she had two more daughters. I forgot the name of the middle one, but the youngest one was Elizabeth. Elizabeth, right? Elizabeth was an old woman who prayed and her husband was struck deaf, dumb because he didn't listen to the angel Gabriel. And uh, she had John. The middle daughter had somebody who I can't remember, uh, who was the parent of about half the apostles. This changes the theology significantly. But back to the legends in the Protevangelium. You have, when I did my doctorate, I did it on legends. Legend is a technical term. It's not just any old, you can't just look at a story and say, oh, it's a fable, it's a legend. No, no, it's a technical term. A legend is a story which is meant to be believed as true. When they wrote, especially in the early Middle Ages, when they wrote biographies, they didn't write biographies when he was born here in this town. They wrote hagiographies about the, all the grace of miracles. In fact, it, Gregory the Great's dialogues is just that. It's a collection of miracle tales, four, four volumes of them. Uh, so that the story of, of Joaquin and Anna began to develop, oh, what, the second century. 
and it's kind of with us. Now, it, it led to some messy things like the Immaculate Conception, uh, which is kind of an embarrassment because the only thing I can figure out is that they made love to get married and didn't enjoy it. I, I mean, that, that's the church intruding in the bedroom. But however it happened, they took joy in each other and she got pregnant and she had Mary and possibly two other daughters. The Greek Orthodox, all these multiple relationships with John, Elizabeth and John and the middle daughter and all the uh, grandchildren who were the apostles, um, ties up the Holy Family and the Old Testament predictions pretty well. Uh, probably too well. It's a nice package with a bow. But it's a nice thing to meditate on. And they're legends. They're meant to be believed. Why is this even important to us? Why do we even care whose Mary's, Mary's parents were? I mean, she was having a miraculous child as far as the whole town was concerned. She'd gotten pregnant out of wedlock. I, I mean, they didn't know. So why are the parents important? Why is this lineage important? Well, the first thing I thought was, isn't that making Jesus too human? Remember, we've got to deal with the, with the part of Jesus, not part, that's heresy with the all of Jesus that is God and the all of Jesus that is human. And then I thought some more and I said, you know, having a lineage is important. Why is a lineage important? There are a lot of tribal societies throughout the world where any kid taller than that can reel off the names of his or her ancestors to 20 generations. They know who they are. They've never moved far. They're always in the same place. I think a lot of that's breaking down now. But it was very important to them to identify who they were and what their place was in a community. We're fighting to maintain community. We're fighting to, to push back on the individualism of the 20th and 21st century. We want to be in a community. And to be in a community, you have to have a sense of who your family is. Now we've created this family. This is a chosen family. And because of baptism, it's a real family. Because of baptism, we have obeyed what Jesus told us to abide in him and follow his covenant, be washed in water and, 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 and blessed with oil. And we become his brothers and sisters and his father's sons and daughters. The effort these days to try to get the language of son and father out would be a disaster because what, it, what that language imputes is that there is a relationship between the people walking around, in this case, the enfleshed God, and us, and God the Father, God who made black holes. It doesn't matter what level you're talking, 
we are related to God. And because he's a father, the relationship between Jesus and his father is something that everybody can basically understand. See, I never knew my father the first time I kneeled down after I was baptized, and I knew the Lord's Prayer from the time I was seven. I went to boarding school, we all had to learn it. And the 23rd Psalm and some other stuff. And um, the first time I kneeled down and said, Our Father, I burst into tears. It was the first time I had a father. Knowing who Mary's parents are and whose parents' parents were and what her whole line of relatives is, is, is an important footnote to what it is to be a family and to know who you are and what your line is and where you come from, so long as you be humble about it and don't take it as a, as a source of spiritual pride. Well, I'm from the Levi family. I am. My grandmother was a Cohen. That's Priestley, you know? <laughs> so, um, but we don't know these things anymore. And this generation that's coming forth even less, I think we still remember in this generation here. But the kids that are coming up probably have even less of it. So I think what we need to do is thank God that somebody got really curious about, okay, so where did Mary come from? Well, let's track back and make something up if we have to. Or there, that may have been the names of her parents very easily. And it was passed down because people still remembered that. And just thank God that we have these legends, that we can take these magic stories and, oh, I did the ones on Mary, you have no idea about magic stories, and use them to open our hearts to grace and to miracle and to family. And that's about all I could come up with since I found out I was preaching 10 o'clock last night. <laughs> In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.